I haven't told you lately why I love each and every one of you. I don't just tell you because it sounds good up here. I love you because God loved me first. I can only love you because he loved me first. If you really knew me, because God loves me. Forever enough, I will be content in every circumstance. It's good to sing, isn't it? It gets you in the feels, right? It gets you in the worship, and it's good to sing, but what happens when you get a phone call this afternoon from mom and dad, bad news, right? We live in the post-pandemic world, or depends on who you speak to, and you were made to live in such a world that it changed your life radically, and if we weren't messed up before, we're so messed up now, aren't we? You found out who you were because you had to stay by yourself and actually sit in your thoughts, and that's not a good place. You were made to Stand six feet from people, and I actually like that. When I'm at Dylan's, have you ever been down the aisle where um, I was buying toothpaste the other day? Someone just was just right behind me. I'm saying, you're, you're not buying the same brand as me. I just need you to step back in the Lord, get about six feet from me. So I really love that rule of thumb. But the pandemic has caused a lot of emotional turmoil. We see more divorces occur. I don't know if your mom and dad lasted, you know. If they're still together, I'm sorry if they're not. But you see dysfunction. And we became angry. Have you seen just a road rage? And I watch YouTube reels sometimes. And road rage, people are getting mad or in the shop, angry. People are just angry. Can you feel it? Have you ever been around someone who's just angry? I'm like, I love you, but let, just let, let me get my space. You're a little bit dangerous for me. So I ask you this morning, simply say this. Lord, speak to me. I want God to connect with each and every one of you. It's not about me. It's not about the worship team. It's about God and how we can connect you to his word. Only Jesus can give us spiritual rest. You're looking for things to fill you up, but yet you're so busy. It seemed like school just started a few weeks ago, but now you're in exams, research mode, traveling back and forth to games, and you're worried about what people will think when you arrive on campus. You're so worried about finding a relationship, and you think he's cute and she's cute, but you haven't made the move. Some of you are still struggling in relationships you shouldn't be in, but you know, it's what my security is found in. And if you lost or, you know, left them, you didn't know, you wouldn't be able to do with yourself in the property. You'd be lonely, right? And you're so stressed and worried about upcoming events and homecoming, what you have to do and performances for theater, rehearsals, and all this. When was the last time you just took a moment and said, Lord, I just need to speak to you? God, this is what I'm going through, and I'm about to pop. Your relationship isn't going the best, but you're not going to do nothing about it. Your walk with Christ and your faith with Christ is, is flat, but maybe you're okay with it. I want you to have a discomfort about that. I want God to convict our hearts that we would pursue him. But only Jesus can give spiritual rest. Only he can it's not going to be your sport that fulfills you or your GPA or who you're with or what leadership role you play. Those are great and glorify God in those platforms. But at the end of the day, when you go to bed at night, is your head still spinning? You're still worried about everything? You're not happy with your life? You're not happy with yourself? Because you've been trying to seek for truth in and of yourself, and in and of yourself, there's nothing good. But if you have Jesus, he's everything. Can I say that he's enough? Can I say that he's my provider? Can I really say that when, time, when time, life gets tough and moments get hard? Can I truly say, I still love you, Lord. I still trust in you. I don't know the outcome, but I know you're still with me. 
I've been reading a book uh, called Resilient by John Eldridge. In first chapter, he makes a a description about a camel. And the camels go throughout miles and miles traveling in those deserts without very, very minimal water. They don't give you a symptom or or a sign that they're not going to say, hey, I'm tired, can we have a break? What the camel does, they will just kneel and collapse and they'll die. What about you and I? What about you and I? You've gone through so much, but have you had time to sit and think about it? Have you had time to give it to God or you are just walking and holding on to it thinking, I can do it myself. If I tell somebody my problems, they'll think of me lesser. I've got this, my friend. I want to tell you this morning. If you're walking with all all that baggage and garbage and weight and guilt of sin, you will eventually collapse. It may look like anger. It may look like a fight. It may look like a breakup. It may look like you're getting mad on a team and quitting, leaving Sterling College because it just erupts. Only Jesus gives you rest. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. I'll be reading from the ESV. This is a good verse to just to have down in your heart and write it as a note. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This context, Jesus said some words that the people were waiting for. They were under of keeping the laws and the Sabbath and not to violate them. They were about keeping all these laws and they do's and don'ts, and they were fed up. Have you ever been fed up with rules? Rules are good, but this type of Mosaic law, the Pharisees were demanding so much. I can't do this. I'm afraid I'll be judged or punished. Jesus says to them in the moment, don't keep those laws. I have come to fulfill the law. Come to me now, and I will give you rest. Rest from what? The weight of sin. This talks about an internal nature that we have, which is sin. Everything else is symptoms and signs of who we really are. But Christ is saying today, I have come to give you spiritual rest to save you. Save you from yourself and to set you apart and call you my people. We notice in verse 28, we'll go to the next slide. The yoke is this depiction in Matthew Here's what we're going this morning. We're yoked with relationships, and we're not going to go there. But this is a depiction of what Jesus is saying. He wants us to be yoked to him in a relationship. Many of us are yoked to different things, and you're pulling. If you're in a relationship right now, you know what it means to be pulling in the opposite direction or to be dragged along in that relationship, right? Or to listen to nobody and lead. You're alone. And you like that because it fulfills you. But here in this context, 
Jesus is saying in verse 28, come to me. Not to religion, not to a set of rules, not to being good and bad. He's saying, come to me. It's not moralistic. He's saying, come to me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Come to Jesus. Not church or, or, or relying on a baptism or a confirmation or, or whatever. It's Jesus. He will give you rest for your souls. Your image of God in Jesus reflects much of your theology. What hinders you from coming to Jesus with all you have this morning? The invitation is open. It's open. What roadblocks are you making for you saying, you know what? I don't want Jesus. I don't want Christianity. It's not me. Would you be open? Would you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening? That's what he says. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This type of rest is only found in Jesus. Physically, we show the symptoms. We go, 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 and we barely eat. And when we have breakfast or lunch, we're not fully present because we're so exhausted. And you're running on four or five hours of sleep as it is, and you're already tired. You've got so much, and you're like, wow, my semester just began. How do you keep it up? How do we keep it up as believers? How, how do we keep that fire in us? How do we stay obedient to Christ even when I don't feel like it? Even when I don't, feel, I don't feel like reading the word and praying, how do I do that? How do I do that? Do I just go back into my little hole of guilt and shame and remorse? Christian, show yourself some grace. If you get too legalistic about the word and in prayer, like you may say, well, I read the Bible every day and I pray every day. How do you know someone goes to the gym they tell you about it, right? They tell you about it. Christian, sometimes we have an image of we're stuck up, we're know-it-alls. We like to keep it together, put our suit and tie on and say, I'm perfect. I've got a good image on social media. I've got a good scripture on social media. And you guard your reputation and image so much that you've lied to everyone. But God Almighty will expose that. We're fakes. And I'm sorry if you're in here and you've been hurt by the church or someone who calls himself a Christian. We're not all like that. We're broken and sinners in need of God's grace, and we're redeemed. And we walk daily with Christ, and he has forgiven us, and I want to be more like Jesus. But it's not talking about legalism here, where you have to, you have to, you have to. Have you ever uh, skipped a Sunday at church and you feel guilty? I'm saying you should go to church, right? But some of us grew up in church. Raise your hands if you grew up in church. Like, that was your thing. Like, that was your outing. My grandmother, back when I was in high school, she said this. Now, you can do whatever you want Saturday night. Sunday morning, where was I at? I was church, right? I was there, but my mind was gone. Christian, we are to walk with our Lord humbly, allowing God to have full authority to replenish us. He says, come to me. Come to me in your self-righteousness. Come to me even though you think you got it all together. God will say, ah, no, we can tweak this and we can tweak that and we'll get you there. And I'm going to take you through this trial because I need to form your character. And then once you're ready for this new season, I'm going to prepare you here, but you've got to go through this before you get there. Right? 
Not only does it says come to me, but it says be yoked to Jesus in verse 29. Take my yoke upon and learn from me. When you saw the image of the yoke, I don't want you to think this, that when you come into a relationship with Jesus, that he's just dragging you along and you're going to get bruised up and scuffed up and hurt. It says this, I am gentle and lowly in heart. He is gentle and lowly in heart. His grace and mercy, they lavish us. Your image of who God is and who Jesus is must be one of the Bible. Jesus ain't going to say, I'm going to pull you here and I'm going to just sling you around. No. He didn't just spin the world and create you and put you here. He's, he's, he is saying, I know exactly what you're going through. I know exactly what only the four or five people in your life are going through. I know what's going on at home. And I know what you've been struggling with these last few days. All your anxieties and all your worry. Jesus says, I know that. And believer, he's going to walk alongside you with that and guide you. But are you allowing him to lead you? Right. We want to be the boss of our life and lead ourselves. There is a way it seems right to a man, but at the end it leads to death. You ever, wanted, you ever made a plan and it didn't work out? I'm going to do this, do this. You know, on vacation, my wife and I always have the best arguments when we plan for vacation. If you're married in here, you get that joke. But we always, I want to go here, stay here. We're going to celebrate our five-year anniversary this year. I'm like, I already blew it. Year one, I went way too big, so I can't catch up. We were in San Francisco. We went on a yacht. and So I went too big, so now I'm going to go to Wichita maybe. <laughs> right? No, no, I love Wichita, but I live in Hutch. But planning and do you think it would be best in that relationship when I'm yoked to my wife, Paige, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to go here. Here's your agenda, and this is what you're going to do. You, what happens when I have that conversation with her? Right? No. What would you like to do this year? I love you. Let's talk about that. I want to incorporate you. I want to incorporate you in this. I want to make you feel special because I love you. In the same manner in a relationship with Christ, he says, cast it on me. I want to know. I want what's best for your life. But you're too busy saying, God, I want to get a 3.7 GPA. If you get a 4.0, great. Gold star for you, but go for a 4.5. God, I want to excel my sports. I want, to be, I want to be known throughout campus for this reason. God, I want to leave this legacy. You go into this mountain by yourself. At the end, you leave everyone else behind because you make it about you. And you leave God there, and he's never left you, but it's distant because you're walking from him. He says, be yoked to Jesus. Not only be yoked to Jesus, learn from Jesus. How do we learn about Jesus? It's through his word. Through his word and in prayer. I hope you're finding time to spend in his word and through prayer. Even if it looks like 30 seconds, a minute. It's not about how much, it's about the depth of the time. My little sister, a couple years ago, I tell you, I left a $100 bill in the book of John a couple years ago, hoping she'd read the Bible. She still hasn't found the $100, so she would have texted me by now. But I challenged her to read Proverbs 31. I said, Kika, start here. One chapter a day. But if you miss, you have to start all over. I probably went too hard on her. 
But if you're needing help, the where to start, come to my office. If you need a Bible plan, and where, do, where do I start with God and my faith and my journey? I have no clue. There's no better way to learn about Jesus than through his word. Learn from Jesus. He is gentle. He will give you rest. Rest for what? Rest for your souls. Why was I created for? What's my purpose? What's my reason in life? To get a degree? To play a sport? Get married, have kids, own a home? What else? You telling me that's it? I was created for something much more. That's to be in union with God the Father. To be known by him. To be known by him. And to be fully be known. But some of us still think, nah, I I don't need this. The Bible says we need to have childlike faith. Childlike faith. Some of us are too smart for our own good. We hold logic and grammar and communication, linguistics high. Great. But have that childlike faith to say, Jesus, I will find my spiritual rest in you. I don't have it all together. Heck, I don't even know books of the Bible or verses in my heart. That's fine. But I will place my faith in Christ, in Christ alone. We see in Psalm chapter 36, verse 9. In Psalm chapter 36, verse 9. We'll have it on the screen. Talking about God's fulfillment. Only he can provide spiritual rest. For with you is the fountain of life. In, you, in your light we do see light. God is the fountain of life. That's why I'm saying that we, it's not in ourselves. It's to pour ourselves out to God. And then he will fill us. He will give us strength from our weariness. In John chapter 7 verse 37 through 38 it says, On the last day of the feast... The great day. Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I like a quote from a book I've been reading called Replenish from Mr. Witt. And when I say leader, this is I, I mean everybody. A leader is a person who must take special responsibility for what's going inside of himself or herself, lest the act of leadership creates more harm than good. Everyone here is a leader. Christians, are we above reproach? But for those who are weary and tired and broken and heavy laden, and you just want to give up, you want to throw the towel in, the inner, inner satisfaction is coming to Jesus, that we were not righteous No, not one. No one understands. And we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And we deserve death. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. If you were on Christ, there's no condemnation. And we have faith. We've been justified by faith and we have peace with Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. What do I do to come to Jesus so he can fill me? If, you don't, if you're not yoked to him, if you don't know him, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If you want to take that next step, next step of faith in your journey and walk with Christ and begin today, you come after I pray. You come to the spiritual life office, student life office. You come speak to Samurai. Last story and I'll close. Last story and I'll close. 
There were two men, I'm going to pick on who can I, Jason, let's see, Jason and Zach, we'll use them as illustrations, sound good? Let's say I contract them out to chop some trees down. I said, look, at the end of the day, you're going to get $1,000, whoever gets more trees chopped down with an axe I'm going to give you. But you're also going to get hourly. And so they start at 6 a.m. It's a hot summer day. They start, Jason and Zach, they get their axe going, they start chopping, and Zach's in the zone, but Jason got his cup of coffee, getting his uh, job site speaker out, getting some music, getting in the groove. Nine o'clock comes around, he, Zach's still working, he's like, oh, I, got, I got this, Jason doesn't have nothing on me. Jason sits down, whistling, singing his song, and Zach's thinking, what's he doing? Noon comes around, Zach's just sweating, he's like, oh, I'm just tired, but I know I'm going to make that money. Jason takes a, another break, and he's like, well... Zach's kind of irritated. What are you, what's he doing? He, he doesn't care. The boss comes back around 3 o'clock. Okay, we're done. Let me count. Lo and behold, Zach was working. He never took a break. Never sat down. Never drank water. Jason over here, he's got more trees chopped down. And after they were paid and Jason got the big bucks, Zach approaches Jason and says, Hey, what'd you do? I was working all day hard. But what were you doing? You were just messing around. Jason simply replied, Zach, when you were working, when I was taking my breaks, I was just sharpening my axe. That's why I was able to cut more than you. In the same way in our spiritual life, once we come to Christ, we'll be more effective, more effective witnesses, more effective to share the gospel. You can cut all day and do it yourself and waste your time. But when you come to Christ and God is the fountain of life, he overflows out of you and it's so much smoother and easier. You walk life with Jesus every day and you're filled every single day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I pray for the one that has not come to you that they would say, I trust in Jesus. For the weary soul and the brokenhearted and tiredness, it would cast upon you. Jesus, you can handle it. You said, come to me, learn from me, and be yoked to me. Father, I pray a blessing over everyone. But continue moving. Convict where we need to be convicted. Refresh and encourage. In Christ we pray. Amen.